Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable podcast, a podcast that is just a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about comparative religions. Until we get there, hi, I'm Adam, or the A-game, whatever you want. I'm an elder grassroots church here in the Greenbrier Valley, West Virginia, joined by the main man himself, the coffee-sipping, gospel-preaching, <sighs> son of thunder, main man himself, Darren Cherry, Ooh, lead elder. Son of Thunder, James and John. I'll, hey, I'm not Jay, on their level. Those are, those are probably the coolest titles. Sons it's of like, Thunder. It's like, well, uh, now they didn't Simon get it for a good reason. Because they, they were very boisterous. They, the Sons of Thunder, they got that because they wanted to call down lightning on people that rejected Jesus. Dang. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to do that? Um, not on people that rejected Jesus, but there's been a lot of people I probably given to my own devices. I'd love to call down lightning on, but. But I, I didn't. What I if you did that one day? What what if what if you were actually you had a bad run in with someone? And you're like, oh, you walk away and you're like, ah, if they could only get struck by lightning, and they actually <laughs> do, and you're like, oh snap! What would you think? Um, I would. Coincidence? Oh man. Or would you be like, I'm never doing that again. I will never wish ill upon anybody. I think I would try to convince myself it was a coincidence and then just start repenting for my terrible prayer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to start doing that for, like, positive stuff. Like, hey, name it and claim it, Adam. Hey, Jesse, I hope you win the Powerball. Name it and claim baby. it, baby. The Lord wants love, you to baby. win that Powerball. Half a billion. Is that what it's at right now? That's what I heard this morning, half a billion dollars. Can you be honest with this? Would you want that much money? No, I don't need And I mean, I just don't have any specific need. Oh, the only reason why I would want to know that I had that money in some account somewhere or wrapped up in whatever investments or natural resources is to know that, well, that's one less thing to worry about. But even that, I, I look at it and go, if you won that, if you stuck to the traditional 10% tithe, you're given the church, is that $5 million or is that $50 million? What would be 10% of half a billion? 50, 50 million. I wouldn't want it. And not because it's the whole... You know, this is lottery money. We don't literally like. I think the church would then find their faith in we've just got all the money we want. We don't need Jesus, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'd because, reject it. I'd be I like, mean, nope. you get to a point where you just don't need it. I mean, what are you going to do? But you have to spend it because you have it. Like if Grasser, if we have fifty million dollars in our account right now, we're not building a building. It would be really tempting to because we, we we're about to put it in our cost. Not really. Remember, didn't we talk about that or? Oh, we, you and I talked about it, about putting in our constitution that we never want to own a building. <laughs> we don't want to own property. But I just don't know what else you I, – I don't know what else you need. Like, I travel enough. If I had a lot of money, I still don't think I would travel that much more. I don't – I mean, I just don't, I don't need anything. I'm pretty content not – I think the only – if I won that money, I would – I would I'd, I'd like want to pay everybody in grassroots houses off. And Ooh, we could buy a county in West Virginia, grassroots county. We would establish our own county. It could be incorporated. Can I run for mayor? I, I want to be mayor. You're already in. Yes. I'd make a good mayor. I'm dog catcher. After watching Parks and Recs, I think I'd make a great mayor. Would you be like, uh, what's his face? Um, mustache. Mustache. Parks and Rec uh, hates government. Oh, Ron? Ron. Ron Swanson. Would you be him? No, I would be more. Because remember how it ended with Jerry, Larry, Gary? He, he kept getting elected governor. Yeah. 
or not governor, excuse me, mayor. Yeah. Like, that's me. I, I could be that guy. No, Ron, dude, Ron Swanson might make that show. That guy is so... Oh, he does make that show. It is so beautifully ironic, the fact that you have someone running government who's apparently really good at it by trying to do as little as possible. He, he is trying to destroy, his own words, destroy the beast from the inside out. It's incredibly clever. Yeah. And it also points out, dare I say, the underlying hypocrisy in libertine political ideology. Ooh. I went there. Mm. You can't say the best of something is the no of that something. You know the best burger? No burger. Well, it's like, that's not, it doesn't work that way. Now, I know that's a general statement. Yeah. Friends, I don't mean to get all political. I have often floated down that third-party river myself. It's a lonely river. It goes in circles. It's a lazy river. Hey, do you know what we would do if we won all that money? We would we would ap- actually pay for the college tuition of all of Scott's tots. Oh, every time you just bring that up, and it's like <laughs> it's the nope. cringiest episode of The Office, hands down. That song, it's it's the hardest one to watch. They were so passionate about it, but that's it. Yeah. I just I look at it and I'm like. That much money, I want nothing to do with it. I want yeah, nothing I've to do I've always with said it. this. Like if, if that did fall upon me to steward, I would pay off the house, pay off debt, invest almost all of it in low risk, long term investment, ensure the financial stability and well being of my future generations. Uh that I don't care. That's about it. I, I don't if need you anything. tithe it to the church, we would put a new roof. <laughs> On the church building theater here and new HVAC systems. And then I think we would send a bunch to our missionaries. Like, we'd just give it away. We wouldn't keep any and, of it. And friends, if you... Now, we're, we will do a topic, actually, in the next couple of weeks on gambling, something we have not done that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting. Request, so... Hey, let's... Is uh, it ethical? S- sneak peek. Uh, just yes or no. Uh, is gambling a sin? Yes or no? You can't go any further than say yes or no. No. I say no as well, and we'll talk more about it later. <laughs> that was tense, Darren. That was were really, you, were you expecting think, me to say yes? No, I didn't know what to expect. I went into that <laughs> one totally in the dark. Yeah. Because nobody, you and I have never really talked. Because you and I don't gamble. <laughs> I don't think we've ever even had a... I mean, no one's really ever asked, and I don't... Well, don't you do and I have made bets. You owe me like five... Everything. I owe you half, Drinks, a, half yeah. a billion dollars in uh, <laughs> facility funds at this point. I'll buy you a distillery, Darren. Hey. Uh, let you, I'll let Mark manage it. I'll let you uh, do the marketing. We're in. And I will just throw money around and sit in a chamber full of gold and sip on some scotch. But so, so yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to talking about that one. But yeah, if, if you're paying for friends, like if, you, if you're going to go buy a... Uh, Little Debbie cake and a Mountain Dew, and you have a couple of dollars left over, and you buy like a West Virginia lottery ticket, and you do win. Remember me and Darren. Uh, just give me a little shack somewhere on your plot of land, and just forget me. Be like the guy. Remember the gardener, the caretaker for um, oh, Bly Manor. Oh yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to be a ghost. I want to hang out and take care of the outside. GrassrootsWV.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, sorry. Hey, before we get into our topic, though, kudos to my Cleveland Guardians for having the youngest team in baseball this year. 
and winning their division by 12 games and winning sweeping the wild card round and going to five games with the, the Yankees mighty Yankees and oh well first off Darren you're a good sport about it congratulations yeah. good year it's a good year and you're already excited for next year that's promising something to look forward to listen I've I try to teach everybody who who watches sports like people get devastated when their teams lose and I'm like you've got to realize one team a year wins the championship you have to just root for your team. The Guardians, I heard this, and obviously they were the Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians. In their franchise, they have made the playoffs 16 times. They've made the playoffs 16 times. They're over 100 years old as a franchise, and they've made it 16 times. You know how many of those I've seen? Two. Twelve. Oh. <laughs> Oops. I have seen 12 of their 16 postseason appearances. Dude, I've lived in a great era of Cleveland baseball. And so if I can encourage anybody, your team, listen, your team's not going to win the NCAA championship this year in football. Your team's not going to win the World Series. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. You just... Root for your team, love your team, good or bad, have fun with it. Yeah, and enjoy the game. That's like, you know, we went to the the Reds game a few weeks ago. Yeah, we it's don't just, have any dog in that fight. It's just fun to watch the game. It's so much fun. That's the same way with, you know, the, the Packers and Bears. It can be a meaningless game, but it's still fun. It's the Packers and Bears. They're, they're neighbors. Like, it's just enjoy enjoy the ride. So this year's a little bit tough for you because the Packers are a little uneasy. You don't know what you're going to get each week. What are they? Are they 3-3 three, three right now? Yeah. Okay. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know what? It's your team. You root for him. You enjoy him. One day, probably very soon, old uh, quarterback boy is going to be off smoking weed somewhere, not playing football anymore, and <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be getting high on something. Uh, Go long, bro. Yeah, and you're going to have a new quarterback, and guess what? You're going to then root for that quarterback. I just, of course, enjoy your teams. I was talking to a group of guests the other day about football. So I know we got a topic we'll get to but <laughs> here in just a second, but – uh, actually met a guy from Green Bay. Uh, sister owns a restaurant Dude. over there. And I was like, oh, please invite me, please invite me. Please. So you and I are going to take a trip to go to a, a Green Bay. We want to go. We also want to go to Milwaukee to Ballpark, too. We do. That'd be awesome to so go. So we're going to have to go check out that restaurant, though. Absolutely. I'll what if we show up and it's crap? <laughs> well, the Packers apparently eat there like once a week. Oh, okay. Okay. It, okay. It's like... Uh, Sit on the porch. He needed to tell me that Aaron Rodgers has never once paid for his the the meal for his linemen. Never. They're like, no. He he only pays for his own bill. Doesn't pick up the tab, which is like, well, that's kind of junk because the dude makes like what two hundred fifty million dollars. No wonder they don't protect him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I told my friend because he you know he's from Green Bay. I was like, you know, maybe take care of the people who like if they don't take care of you, you might get hurt. Like, give them some ribs. Oh, my bone. Hey, Aaron, if you're listening, because I know you do, thanks for the many good years. Did, did I ever tell you, just randomly, did I ever tell you about my friend who planted a church in Winchester and got all these people in on this video saying, hey, what's new worship? Uh, you know, we're rooting for you type of, did I ever tell you about that video? The name of the church is called What's New Worship, which, by the way, it's the worst name of a church ever. No. What's New Worship? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. It's the worst. But... It, a buddy of mine, he was a youth pastor when I was a youth pastor. He planted this church, and they're doing some really cool things in Winchester. But 
he puts his video on Facebook. It's like, look at the people we've gotten, you know, d- just want to say, hey, what's new worship? Congratulations on planting. Hope, hope you have a lot of success. And it would be people that, like, I knew some of them because they're kind of big-name evangelists uh, that travel around a lot. But then I don't know how he got this connection, dude. I don't know who he knew or who he knew knew someone, but toward the end of the video, of all people, up on the screen, hey, Pastor Andy and What's New Worship, rooting for you guys, congratulations on starting new work, hope things go well. Brett Favre. Oh, no. Brett Favre. What? How? Like, how does that how does connection he, happen? How does he? What? Yeah. When? It was yeah. a bunch of people that I'm like, these are famous people in like Christian circles and very particular Christian circles. And then all of a sudden it was like Brett Favre. I am Mississippi, dude. Remember? The the oh. French of the, the the France of the South. No, we said that was Louisiana. <laughs> we did. Well, no. Did we? Or was it? Yeah, we eventually decided that uh, well, New Orleans was the yeah. the French Riviera of the South, but we are nowhere near our topic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of French Riviera of the, of the South, want to get to a request that was sent in by one of our listeners. I will not mention the name as to respect confidentiality because you got to do that. You don't want to shine light yeah, on someone we, when they want to hang out in the shadows. You don't want to embarrass John like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, according to this nondescript, shadowy uh, mystique of a figure, continue. I apologize. What was that? I am. I am getting. Are you looking at the ready. question? Like, I'm getting ready, and that just Well, I'll tell you what, Darren, you, just, you just earned yourself a trip to reading the question. I'm, I'm so sorry. Well, I set it up. So, uh, Darren, last week you canceled, no, two weeks ago you canceled the podcast. Like, it's the podcast is no longer on. <laughs> we decided to go a different direction. I'm still apologizing uh, to people for We that. had some creative differences, so we, the podcast, Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, it doesn't exist anymore, apparently. Uh, but as a part of that episode announcing we don't exist as a podcast, we got quite a bit of feedback. I would say the most feedback from any episode we've ever done. Kudos, Darren. <laughs> you and your clickbaity manipulation. It's total clickbait. Uh, but we did get uh, several questions. And we're going to actually chain these requests together in the next few episodes. And if you all have been following along, we're alternating weeks. One week we're going to be going, we, one week uh, we go through the uh, Baptist. Confession, 1689. Second London. Second to London. Do you oh, pardon yes. me for not being specific Which, did you enough? see, did you hear the giveaway that Doc and Devo's doing? Uh, might have. What They're they giving do? away this, like, awesome leather-bound first and second London Baptist Confession two-volume. And I'm like, oh, that'd be sweet. Ooh. That'd be sweet. We'll throw my name in the hat. We're going to win the Powerball, and we're going to get some fancy books. If I win it. I'll give you the second. I'll keep the first, and then we'll just like compare notes. What does yours say? What does yours say? So, we're so nerdy. This is sad. Like <laughs> we just keep digging our own nerdy graves. But in between the weeks when we're not going through the 1689, we are uh, being topical. Whatever topics are requested to us, or whatever current event situation is happening, we'll try our best to discuss it. Which, please, y'all, give us feedback. Like. I would love to only I, do topics people recommend. Okay. For like, I, if people kept obviously, if we run out of suggestions, then we come up usually come up with really good ones. And but I would love to just never and just people like, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah, because it also gives us an idea of where our 
listener, where our friends are at in terms of like how well we're communicating to them. Are we on the same page here? Uh, but we are on the same page as our four faithful friends on here. So we're going to start big picture, actually. Today we're going to start big idea, religion, big R, big religion. And throughout the next few weeks, we're going to we're going to focus that funnel down to Southern Baptist. That's my goal. Yeah, why are we Baptist? Why are we Baptist? So, Darren, would you mind reading to us the first question from our anonymous friend? From our anonymous friend, uh, great question, said, on the podcast you asked what we'd like to hear. I'd like to hear the main points of some of the other main religions in the world and how the Bible, this is a really good part of this question, and how the Bible lines up with it and disproves it. All right, Darren, we'll answer that question. Um, you got a few minutes left. Roll with it. Yes. Uh, Jesus is right. We Ooh. are all wrong. Ah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Wow. Appreciate all of y'all. Amen. That's good. Uh, I struggled a little bit. I texted you a couple days ago. I was like, I'll send you some sources. I'm going to dig around through a few, and we'll get on the same page. But it's really hard for me to find sources. One, because if you're going to do a comparative religion study, like with any type of macro subject, you have to be able to step out of the shoes of your own perspective, right? You, you have to step back from your own views and look at everything from as objective as a position as possible. But it's, that's really hard for me to do. And I did take, I took one religious studies class. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, but I, I, I struggle with stuff like that because I can't not be biased in this. So I was struggling with that. It's like, well, what's the Christian perspective or what's the Baptist uh, perspective on these different religions? And then I was like, wait, that's me already. <laughs> um, and I have spent a lot of time throughout my life looking at different religions, looking at different denominations, comparing and contrasting them. I love history. I love big history. Going back to the beginning, I love ancient history, civilization. Like, it's just me. So I couldn't really think of any sources so I'm actually, hi, my name is Adam, and I'm my own source for this. But that being said, I think I have a good roadmap in my mind. Darren, I spoke to you my roadmap earlier. You and seem to be good. pretty good. You seem to be pretty yep. good with it. So how we're going to handle this with that disclaimer that I am biased and I will not, cannot reject my own sub, uh, you know, subjectivity. So I'll admit it up front. I can't, I just, you know, you can't turn off what you believe in. And I've even told you this, Darren, throughout the past few weeks, this is one thing I appreciate about you, is that you, you start with Scripture. Like, for me, if I'm going to do a study on something, or if I'm having a conversation with someone, it's like, I'll pull out, well, here's what this counseling theory says. Here's cognitive behavioral theory, and here's what the Bible says. But here's this larger conceptual idea of something. So I throw everything at it everything in the kitchen sink. But where you, you do a great job of starting with Scripture in your explanations and context. Like, you're much, much better at me and most in that regard. But now we get to be super general. So religion, capital R. What is religion? Are you religious, Darren? Yes. Okay. Uh, if you'd have asked me this a few years ago, I'd have said no. And here's why. Um, it's it's a, a a mindset of it's not about religion it's about relationship and the the heart behind that is um, a lot of people try to use religion to connect to God 
Okay, they're going to use whatever tenets of religion. So if you're in the Catholic religion, you're going to um, be confirmed and baptized and take the Eucharist and, uh, you know, go through the steps to, according to that religion, be connected to God. If you're um, Muslim, you're going to stick to the pillars of, uh, you know, Islam. And, um, and so you're going to do those things. And so I would say, yeah, it's about a relationship with Jesus, which is true. But even Jesus said religion in its purest form is taking care of widows and orphans. And so he looked at religion and was like, religion's not bad. It's our use of religion. It's, it's the mindset behind it. You know, if I'm a part of grassroots church in order to please God and make him happy with me and accept me, then I'm missing the point. Um, I am religious because uh, I believe in God and I believe in his word and my faith is in Jesus. My right standing before God is in Jesus and I'm involved in the church. And I think with that, most people would call me religious. Dropping mic. Dropping that mic. That was a good answer. You even, okay. like, you even tailed off there at the end. It was almost like, you know, a, a, a puff of a, a bubble cigar or that last little little bubble. Can we, get bubble can we get bubble pipes to <laughs> smoke while, like, bubble pipes to use while we're recording? Absolutely. But only if they're the edible um, bubbles, <laughs> the, the grape flavor ones. Yeah, religion... Obviously, if you are a Christian, Christianity is a religion. Religion is the seeking after the unifying factor in all diversity. What is the unif What is the one factor that holds together all these seeming differences? Like, what is that one factor? Uh, so I think from that perspective, you can absolutely say that science is a religion. I know people would like bucket that, like, oh, no, it scoffs at it. It's like, but it, you use science to explain everything that you know, what world you can view. observe. Right. It's, yeah, it's, you get your worldview from science. Yeah, yeah. it's a method. Uh, same, so with any type of religion, whether it be uh, Islam, whether it be Judaism, Christianity, Catholicism, y you have to look at it like these groups, these institutions were constructed to proclaim the one unifying factor in all diversity. It'd be like this, the same reason the sun rises every morning on the east is the same reason why when someone says something mean to me, it hurts. You know, what's the, what's the underlying factor in all this? So from that perspective, I think we all have some type of religion in that. We all have an answer for that cause. So I think everyone, if they were willing to admit it, they have faith in something. Even someone that would say, I'm agnostic or atheist, you have faith in something, even if it's your own abilities. If it's something you, eventually you will, well, this is the one big explanation I have for all the diversity that I can perceive in creation myself. Is that fair, Darren? Absolutely. Even if somebody is staunchly uh, atheistic. They don't believe that there is a higher power. They don't believe that God exists. Um, they are tracking back to some origin of the universe, be it um, a Big Bang theory or something, and they're going, that's what happened. And there is a, a point of faith in that. Like, they cannot, even through science, definitively point to that happening. They're just like, it's, it's why... It, let me, let me blow everybody's minds here. It's why it's called the theory of evolution. 
Okay, it's a theory. This is this is how it could have started. There's a point of faith for everybody. Even even the natural science laws that we thought of, like gravity, those laws break down on a quantum level. So we know these things happen, but we can't really explain why. And and it's good. Like and again, I'm very very pro science. I love science because to me it re- it reveals. It's like shining a light on the unknown and helping explain a God that man human minds just cannot comprehend. I think the further science gets into the human body and the further science gets into space, the further it it proves God exists. So we're on the same page. Religion. Everyone, those that are religious, which again, I say everybody, adhering to the one unifying factor and every the one explanation for all things. You can break religion down, I believe, most basically into two different categories. So think about the pyramid. Friends, right now, imagine that great pyramid in your mind's eye right now. You see that pyramid? Oh, it's a bright, sunny day you got going on in the mind. Want to put on some shades? Now imagine that pyramid while you're wearing a pair of sunglasses. That's better. Less glare. You know those pyramids used to be bright, shiny? Yeah, you're welcome, friends, for that bonus fact. But on the top of pyramid, you got religion. Big R, religion. And think about coming from that two branches. One, polytheism. And on the other side, monotheism. So polytheism is the worship of many gods. It is a religious structure based on the worship of many gods. And you take monotheism, that is the worship of one god. That's where we are so far. If you look out, if you look back through all of human history, from the from the beginning of people, the beginning of us, all religions are one of those two. Um, well, I guess we got to do a third one. I, I missed one, didn't I? Yep. Why didn't you interrupt me? I I I was gonna bring the point in. I did that the other, because it's kind of a an in betweener. It's like yeah, I mean, kind of so. Anything. So you've let's, already let's make a third branch. I already got two: Mon- uh, polytheism, monotheism. Let's let's make a third branch, friends. Can you do that in your mind's eye? You got oh, there it is, pantheism. Pantheism. Forgot about that one. So so, uh, polytheism is multiple gods. Okay. Um, well, I I think to to stick with your pyramid, obviously there's four sides to the pyramid. If somebody's sliding down one side, that's the polytheistic side. That's multiple gods. If somebody's sliding down the monotheistic side, that's that's single god. Um, pantheism, that side, that is everything's God, and God is everything. The other side, I think, would be where atheism would be. There is no God. And so if you want to stick with your... But we're talking about religion. Like, if you're yeah. saying there is no religion outside of this religious pyramid we're constructing mentally, then it's like the rules aren't really applying here. Yeah. It just... Yeah. To to bring I would say to bring all worldviews into the the discussion, atheism, no God, monotheism, polytheism, and pantheism. Um, I think that's where the atheism is where they wouldn't adhere to any religion, but we would say, hey, people can treat science like a religion. Um, but, human rationality, human reasoning. It is it's very humanistic. Yeah, and or natural, like natural law of some degree. So there is, there's still that guiding principle, the, this force bigger than ourselves at work. Yeah, but religion, as people I think would think about it, you are in poly, mono, and pantheistic. All right, so let's let's take a walk down secular history boulevard, secular ancient history boulevard. You ready? Take a take a field trip <laughs> down this. Ro- Sorry, it's been a long day for me. You're going to have to bear with me. You know, the, they say the oldest known religion is called Zoroastrianism. 
That's the oldest one we have. The oldest civilization that we know, again, this is coming from secular studies, science, uh, which I do not believe contradicts Scripture. I believe that they show some aspects of it. We'll get to that here in a second. But the oldest civilizations that we know of, that we have written records, that's why we would say that, go back to those River Valley folk, the Indus River Valley civilization, the Sumerians, they all, and eventually the Egyptians, the Egyptians picked up on it, very polytheistic. Uh, the Greeks kind of piggybacked on the same thing. The Romans, same way. Uh, multiple gods. And, and, and I think the... And uh, uh, Thor and Odin and... Oh, uh, the Nordic, Nordic gods. Yeah, that's right. yeah I always forget about those too because it seems like they came along a little bit later, but same... Do you know what I think of when I think concept. of the, the Nordic and then like the, the Greek and Roman? I, I feel like the Greek and Roman is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they get all the play. And then the Nordic is like the yeah. DC universe. <laughs> do. It's like, yeah, they're kind of similar, but they don't get as much play. Yeah, they're all work. Yeah, that's Rating, pillaging, the huge. But that's what the mainstream ancient history narrative will say. It's like at first everyone was polytheistic. It yeah, seems even, to be. even Abraham being called out by God to separate himself came from a polytheistic uh, land and people group. So if you go to scripture, let's go back to Genesis. After the fall, Adam and Eve get booted out of the Garden of Eden. They knew God. They know that there is one God. They were monotheistic at first. According to scripture, people were at first monotheistic, which gets back to this whole idea of like, wait, so you have historical theory, ancient history, ancient civilization theory, and then you got scripture. And some would say, you got to pick one lane to go in. You got to either look at history through one lens or the other. I don't believe so because I believe that they can overlap too. Because a lot of the time frames, if you're going back to those ancient civilizations about 10,000 BC, like that absolutely could have happened in between Genesis 3 and 6. Well, actually, it'd probably be a little bit after. Uh, but you know, like the, the flood and everything, the rise of civilizations, Abraham's, um, Noah's offsprings, one was named was Egypt. Well, like even his great grandson. They lived to be eight hundred years old. Egyptian to records. Um, there's there's records that they found. Of course, Egypt's in Africa, but um, there are other records in that region that record uh, a flood. And so they they do. Yeah, they do overlap. So I believe, so, you know, one of the, like the way the question put it is like how do how do they stand with scripture? How does scripture hold up to them? I believe if you take our humanistic, human-centered research as best we can in history, the historical narrative, mainstream as we know it, that we teach in schools, that one, and you take Scripture, overlap them uh, to fill in those seemingly missing holes and encourage everyone in that. But those polytheistic gods um, are still somewhat around today, and we've, we've preached this before, but you think as polytheism is like a distant religious practice of the past, in some ways, there are similarities now to what we would call neo-paganism. Or, for example, it's like there are some folks who just love material, like they are in America. Did you know that? Like some people, they love consuming goods, consuming material. You can look back through Egyptian gods, Roman gods, Greco Greek god, <laughs> Greco gods, and you can find the god that represents the consumption of material, the god of bounty. And they worshiped them through certain practices, sure. But it wasn't the God so much they were worshiping, but it was what they represented, the material and the ideas behind them. Same with, you know, Zeus, creation, Gaia, the goddess of Earth, Poseidon. So people who are making sacrifices to 
you know, Neptune. It's not that they actually thought that there was like a Neptune. I'm sure some in the ancient world thought that, but it was more so what did Neptune represent? A good voyage on the sea, you know, finding treasure, something like something like that. So we cannot say that polytheism, neo-paganism is a thing of the ancient past because we still do it now, we just don't put a title on it. There are still many little gods. Yeah, I think the polytheism of uh, the Egyptians, you know, they had a god for everything, god of water, god of livestock, god of the stars, god of the moon, god of the sun, all those things. Um, that's not as prevalent today um, in, in that sense. And a lot of astrologists these days, too, zodiacs and reading the Jupiter sign stuff. So Yeah, and then, and then the Romans of... Um, you know, the, the main gods of uh, gods like Zeus and then, um, you know, Thor. Hades and all those. And then, yeah, where there's the Norse of Odin and Thor and all those. The, there's some of those that I think people out of just morbid curiosity, there's a little bit of a rise in those. Um, but polytheism, I think, unless, unless I were just absolutely flat wrong, I think the closest we would get to that is um, more in line of a Buddhism where they don't believe in a god, but there are a lot of spiritual figures to look to. Uh, you know, so it, it may be that, but, uh, but polytheism as we know it um, in ancient history, no, but... the heart behind it where I'm not going to lay my worship on one singular thing. Um, yeah, that's still very alive. I mean, we use our money. We sacrifice our money, mm. our times, our reputations for ideas like the God of good reputation, the God of moral standing. What do I have to sacrifice to the God of moral standing to look as though I'm morally outstanding to my peers? That's what I was getting at. Cause I know what you're saying. Like no one's going around and be like, I worship Zeus. Yeah. But it's the same heart. But I, I do think when we look at polytheism, um, Scripture, God does in, in everything reveal himself as singular. Um, even though we do, we could talk Trinity, uh, that God is triune, but uh, the Lord your God, he is one. Um, you know, in the, the uh, traditional greeting of the, or the prayers of the Jews, and then, you know, as the church, we believe that God is one. And so Scripture shows throughout, hey, our worship goes to God and God alone, not to this God, that God, this God over here for this reason, and then over here to this one over here. It's God and God alone. And that's another reason why I was saying polytheism might be a little more prevalent than what we think because this new sentiment of, like, you believe what you want to be. And even Christians will affirm that to other people. It's like, look, there are many roads to whatever it is you think heaven or salvation looks like. Pick one. How is that not polytheistic? It's like, look, I'm on my track. You're on your track. We're all going to the same place anyway. You stay in your lane. Uh, find your own way. So you got polytheism. Boom. You mentioned pantheism. That one's hard. To, God isn't. Spirit isn't everything. Uh, I don't really know how to explain that, which is why I tend to forget about it. So, yeah, it's it's not that there's really a deity. It's it's literally everything is God and God is everything. Like. When you die, you are absorbed into 
the universe Ooh. and and so absorbed into the universe. Yeah, like you become, and that's uh, the idea behind um, even like Buddhism and and I think Hinduism, where reincarnation, depending on what you do in this life, you can ascend, 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 ascend until you reach, you know, the enlightenment. Nirvana. The, yeah, and but then it just you're absorbed into everything, and you don't have to, you know be separate from the greater whatever. And so pantheism is much more um, Eastern, uh, but there are beliefs and practices of it that have made it here to the West a lot more, um, where I know a guy here in Lewisburg, he calls himself a Budeo Christian, is what he calls himself, where he says, I believe in Jesus, but I practice Buddhist meditation. And the idea of Buddhist meditation is clearing your mind and being one with the universe. And and it's like, that's not, like, then your faith's not in Jesus if you're trying to practice that. And so there are uh, practices of it um, that have definitely made their way over here to the West as well. But by way of large-scale um, national power religions, it's more East. Gotcha. And then f- over here on the right side of the pyramid, friends, you with me? We're over here in the pyramid. Remember, up at the top, we got religion. We got three little streams coming down, polytheism, pantheism, and now monotheism. So it does seem in ancient history that polytheism was the mainstream. But here comes, a, here comes a dude named Abram who worships one god. So it seems like there was like <laughs> a small family <laughs> throughout the entire world that was worshiping one God, at least. Uh, and that's Abraham of the Old Testament. You know, later on to be Abraham after God makes a covenant with him. So monotheism, worship of one God. And from that monotheism, I think we have three main, bran- three main branches, and they, those are, as far as I can tell, because I cannot think of any other monotheistic religion outside of the Abrahamic religions, which, friends, would be uh, Judaism, Christianity, and then Islam. So can you think, of Darren, of any other monotheistic religion outside of those? No, unless, oddly enough, you want to... Satanists? That would, that would worship Satan as, as their... Okay. Choice, but I, but I would be hesitant to do that. Um, I think primarily when you say monotheistic, you are going to look at Jewish, Muslim, or Christians. Yeah, I don't really know any Satanists. People don't really. I've met some. Very but... open about it because I know what they think. I've actually looked it up. It's like, what do they actually believe? Like people actually practice this. What do they believe? Uh, but I knew know, it. But Anton Lavey. Anton Lavey is like one of the founders of it and the yeah. writer of the. And I knew a kid. I knew a kid in high school. His name was Mark Anton. We ended up calling him Mark Anton LeVay because, like, we had it was our last full day of school, my freshman year of high school. We only had a half day left. That last full day of school, he brought a bomb to school. Oh, snap. Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden, we're getting, like, you know, escorted out of the building. Authorities are showing up. Bomb squad's showing up. All this stuff's going on. And, and then they're coming up and finding him. And I'm seeing him getting cuffed and put in the back of the squad car, and it made the news and everything. And his name is Mark Anton, and we ended up calling him Mark Anton LeVay. Sorry, it's terrible, but he's listening. 
<laughs> he wants his position represented fairly, Darren. Yeah. But yeah, monotheistic, uh, Islam, Christian, it, Jewish. It all goes back to Abraham. Yeah. Uh, we're going back to Abraham, uh, which is where... And his offspring. Exactly. Yeah, everything kind of built off that. You have one man, Abraham, through whom all the nations were blessed. And again, that is through Judaism, Christianity, as well as Islam. So as the nation of Israel, God's people, began to grow, uh, they made a few boo-boos. God had to... God had to amend. Uh, but eventually, Christianity and Judaism began to split. So this is where, you know, you got to take the Bible into account, take into account uh, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as well as the epistles, the, the New Testament pretty much, because something happened. There was a sect of Jews at one point that started saying, the Messiah is here, oh, you killed the Messiah. Wait, the Messiah was raised, and something happened. Suddenly, that small sect of Jews who thought that the Messiah that was promised uh, to redeem all humanity back in Genesis 3, sending a Savior for all humanity to establish an eternal heavenly throne uh, here with his people, the small sect of Jews began to believe that, wait, we actually know this person. It's like, oh, wait, Y'all killed that person. Oh, wait, the person came back to life. And then suddenly all these writings and these strange events begin to happen. You skip ahead 60 years, and suddenly there's this whole new church, this whole new religion, this whole new faith based on the fulfillment of those messianic prophecies by that one individual, which is Jesus Christ. So we can stop right there. From as much as I can tell, from my biased perspective, what began to separate and what still separates Jews from Christians is that Christians say that the messianic prophecies have been fulfilled in the person and deity of Jesus Christ in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So that work was complete. That's done. Like what God promised, those, all, all, those, um, all those prophecies completed in Jesus Christ. And we got to stop right there for a second. So, Darren, correct me if I'm am I, am I wavering a little bit? No, it's it's where we, as Christians, we find part of our history uh, in the Old Testament in the Jewish people, um, and then coming into the New Testament, uh, which the the Jewish nation today would reject the New Testament portion of the Bible. Um, so, all three of those Abrahamic religions use the same Old Testament. Well. Uh, Apocrypha yeah, is a little, a little, little asterisk right there, but yeah. generally speaking, the Torah, very, very similar religious text. Yeah, majority. and and of course, even Muslims today, they actually count Jesus as one of the prophets of Muhammad, but uh, but not the uh, not the final prophet. But um, but yeah, it's and and I'll, just by way of encouragement, you know, if somebody were to come across somebody who is Jewish that doesn't want to listen to the Old Test or New Testament. Um, speaking with a, a ministry uh, partner one time that their ministry primarily was to the Jewish people, uh, he would direct them to the Old Testament, and he would direct them to books like Isaiah is a great uh, letter to send them to, the book of Isaiah, uh, to historical accounts of the Jewish people, and he would tell their these Jewish people that reject the New Testament, hey, read the book of Isaiah, and look for Jesus. 
And, and he said people would come back and go, I never, I never realized uh, how prominent uh, Jesus was in the Old Testament because they see, they know what's happened in the New Testament. And then they look in the Old Testament and go, oh, it's right there. Um, and so, so, yeah. And I would also say that, um, of course, believing in Jesus myself and the New Testament and the, the truthiness <laughs> of the writings and teachings of the apostles even if you were to take faith out of it, it's crazy to me for someone to say that, well, Jesus wasn't real or who he, he wasn't who he says he was. The Christians got tortured. They saw their friends and families, their kids being impaled and set on fire, but yet they continued. They saw something. They witnessed something, and they believed in it so strongly. You just can't not, like those stories are there. Like no one's going to go through that unless there's deep faith rooted and it's not going to grow from it. Like, if you're seeing these people being slaughtered, who's going to be like, count me in? And then Christianity grows from that. So, again, I, I believe in the fulfillment of prophecy in Jesus Christ. Hence, I'm a Christian. But even if you're to step back, man, something would, something happened. We know what it is. But but let's, uh, let's keep this little trolley, this historical trolley moving forward. Like on uh, Mr. Rogers, now you all imagine the Mr. Rogers trolley. Just going through that timeline, man. We are in the first couple centuries A.D., people professing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, around the 4th, 5th centuries, the Roman Catholic, uh, the Romans adopted Catholicism as the state religion, and things got a little bit interesting from there because suddenly Christianity was established as a state, as a, you know, worldly material powerhouse, um, pretty much. And throughout the consequential, or the consecutive centuries, Islam began to pick up, almost as a rebuttal, or like a response to the adoption of Christianity as a state church for the Romans. Eventually, that made its way into uh, what is, you know, what's now, well, what was Europe, what is now Europe, all the entire area, Gull, is what they called it back in the day. So anyway, Christianity is spreading. It's all hot stuff. And then in the deserts of Arabia, I believe, Saudi Arabia, a man claims to have a vision from God that he claims to be the fulfillment of truth, and that is Islam. And, I, you know, I took a class once. It was called Arab-Israeli conflict. So I'm better at the politics, which is funny because that Islam is a state religion. There is you, there, separation of church and state is n- not prevalent in Muslim countries. And y'all, if you can, if you can give me an example of where I'm wrong, maybe United Arab Emirate or something. But anyway, to some degree, you're going to have an adoption of politics by the Islamic setup because it was very military. Mili- Touristic, at first very based on conquest. But Islam grew through that. As Christianity began to grow and spread, uh, man decided or claimed to have a vision, a prophecy from God. And then that's the split between Christianity and Islam. Now, Islam still believes in one God. They're still monotheistic. Uh, and there are some similarities to Christianity in some ways. Like, we do have the same Old Testament. They still believe in Jesus. They just don't believe he is who he says he was and is. 
they they do track. They were called, if you look in older writings, they were called Ishmaelites, um, and it's because they would track themselves back to Ishmael, and they want to they want to claim that the birthright was stolen from them, um, that it should not have gone through Isaac, uh, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, that it shouldn't have done that, uh, and so but. But something interesting about the the Muslims is um, they were polytheistic until um, Muhammad brought them under a single monotheistic belief. Um, they, the 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 Muslim people were very scattered, uh, both physically um, very nomadic, but also they were very scattered beliefs, um, different gods and things like that. And uh, Allah, the God he brought them under, is the God of the moon. And that's why when you see uh, Muslim mosques, you see pointed at the top of it, there's a crescent moon. Yeah. And Allah was the God of the moon. And so he brought them into a monotheistic uh, belief system. And, And with his writings brought in, if you do not believe in Allah, the one true God, then you are uh, under penalty of death. And so it it was very much uh, a fear-based, spread by the sword, uh, conquest, and and is still today the fastest growing religion in the yeah. world. And it's the establishment of a state too. That's the, and that's the thing. And that's why I wonder if if um, Rome did not adopt Christianity as the state religion, because you read through Scripture, nowhere does Jesus Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. It's like I, my kingdom is here. It's not a worldly, earthly kingdom. It's not a system of governance at this point. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament. Uh, even they didn't have a king at one point. Like it was intended to be like, no, y'all are my people. I'm your king. I'm your god. You don't need to build a government to reflect me necessarily. Like I'm the king. I'm your god. Um, whenever Christianity was adopted by the Roman Catholics, well, it's like here we are again. Now we have a country, a nation that is religious in nature, whereas if you read through the New Testament, it seems like Jesus is like, no, it's just, it's just the people. Like, you don't need to establish that poli- political system. He established a church, not governance. a country. Yeah, okay, there we go. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm struggling there, Darren. It's, it's all been good. a long day. It's, it's all been good. a long day. Teamwork. Um, yeah, so the, the Islam, I, I wonder sometimes if Islam was a response to that. It's like, well, now if we're having religions that are based on state and governance, it's like, let's do it this way by way of grand revelation. Now, in about two weeks, we're going to pick this up, hopefully, from the ah, Reformation. I'm a little better at that. Well, I'm a little better at that. Yeah, talking more denominationally, but when you look at world religions, uh, you look at, um, you do look at one, pantheism, uh, which are your more Eastern, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, things like that. Uh, monotheism, uh, which is a little bit different now, and then, or polytheism, which is a little bit different now, and then monotheism, you break down to the Jews, the Muslims, and the Christians. Um, biblically, uh, polytheism, the only thing that scripturally would line up with that is that there is a higher power uh, and that our worship goes to that higher power. But biblically, it would stand in stark contrast to there are not multiple gods, there is one. And he's in charge, he's in control, and never has lost control. Um, 
and then pantheism, the idea that God is everyone and everyone is God and God is in everything and everything is God. Uh, scripturally, we see God is above everything. He's not in he's everything. Outside he's, he's of it above all. creation. Yeah, right. He, he's he is uh, a conscious uh, being who is triune: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, with a will and with love and hate. Um, and so we see that. And then looking at monotheistic, uh, obviously we know where we separate from the Jews, where we would go, okay, Christ is that Messiah. Um, and then the Muslims we would separate from going, no, it's not Allah, it is God. And then from uh, at least on my end to wrap it up, um, understanding, because you brought it up, the all roads lead to, all, all religions lead to the same God. Um, there's no religion that would back that up. There's no, nobody who's Buddhist would also go, oh yeah, those who believe in Jesus are also making it to the same place we are. The Muslims would not say, oh yeah, if you believe in, you know, uh, Hinduism, then you're, you're going to end up at Allah. You know, there's no religion that says it. The people that say all religions lead to the same one are typically the ones that have no religion. They, they try to claim just different things from different places, but what sets Christianity apart from every world religion? And you could say every world religion. Go find any religion anywhere. It, we're not just talking Muslims. We're not talking Jews. We're not talking Hindus, Buddhists, all of them. Go and find even the most remote. What unifies all other religions and sets Christianity apart. All other religions are, I'm going to do enough to ascend to God. I'm going to do what I have to do to get there to perfection, to nirvana, to Allah, to be accepted. Christianity is God going, you can't do enough. I will descend to you, and that's Jesus. All other religions are, you, you get your way here, build enough, stick to the tenets, Christianity is Jesus did it all. We bring nothing to the table. And that's one reason why I love Christianity, Scripture, Christ. Because like you were saying, Jesus accomplished the work. Which means if, if someone just simply believes in that, like Jesus paid for our sins, we don't have to. We can just, just accept what he has done. That is so freeing. Like no other, no other ideology worldview, religion, nothing can say that. Because like we talked about earlier, you, everyone who's listening will subject themselves to something, whether it be the pursuit of sex, whether it be the pursuit of consumption, whether it be the pursuit of reputation and fa- something. We will subject ourselves to something. But in Christ, if you subject yourself to him, his role, his authority, the other things don't affect you. Like, you don't have to worry about the Powerball. <laughs> you could be broke as a joke. And it's like, it's fine because I don't have to work to achieve something. Jesus has already done it. I can just worship him and enjoy the, the victory and bring others along. That's but cool. He, even take an atheist who doesn't believe in a higher power. They not, might not believe in heaven or hell. And you can talk to them about the afterlife. And they'll go, well, I guess, I, you know, whatever it is, just as long as my good outweighs the bad. They're still in something. That's morality. They're in the same box as all other religions where I'm going to work my way to whatever. And that's what sets Christianity apart. It's what 
there's no other religion on earth that says God came to us as opposed to us having to get to God. And and so it why is Christianity the only one? And it's because according to the faith given to us by the Holy Spirit, it's because it's the truth. And that's not popular. <laughs> Especially in our nation today. I mean in the world today. It's not popular. Grassuswv.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us your feedback. And again, show some grace. Uh, we did, did our best. I said we're biased. It showed. Darren's bias was showing. I saw it a few times. I appreciate y'all. If you made it this far, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. And also, you're awesome. See ya.